Hello and good day everyone. Welcome to another episode of Magic the First Pioneers Podcast. This podcast is all about the Pioneer format and we keep our listeners up to date with what is new, interesting, and powerful in the world of Pioneer. I'm your host Kevin Finkel, joined here with my co-hosts. Hey everybody, this is Ryan, the uh, Cardboard Samurai out of the uh, Tokyo area of Japan and co-host... What's up? It's your boy, Ashok, and uh... I don't know about y'all, but your boy's been loving the new set and brewing it up. What's up with y'all with this new set? Yeah, I've I've been seeing your post. That's definitely what's new and interesting in the world of Pioneer is some new cards out. Um, I'm going to be very interested to hear what you've been testing that's been going well, because I've been personally just a little bit discouraged. You know, I'm playing against, I'm just like... Well, Grease Fang, okay, mm, I guess I can't beat a shoulder with any of my fun brews. It's just <laughs> like, I, I feel like there's a lot of fun things to play with, but I'm just not allowed to because the meta is so well, tight and so aggressive police. right now. There's definitely fun police. Yeah, it feels yeah. like a lot of fun police going on. I, I don't know if you're getting the same the same thing. Maybe I'm just being pessimistic. I'm playing, at too, I'm playing at too low a level of magic to, have, to run into the fun police yet, so it's all good. <laughs> I'm like still kitchen table All right, level. fair enough. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm running into the meta decks, but I'm I'm faring a bit more because I, I I'm playing a lot of the decks that just haven't like already like uh have already kind of like existed in other ways, shapes, and forms, but with the new look of like up the beanstalk and similar. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I've been faring a little bit better than maybe y'all have. So let me bring us back to some context here is that usually after our set review episode, the first thing we always do, which is going to be this episode, is go over our like first brews. Mm-hmm. And uh, usually this is like the first week after the set really you know comes out. And that's about where we're at right now. So it's kind of our first impression, some of the stuff we wanted to brew around. Um, this is kind of usually our chance to have some fun, to update some decks, to try some wild new things that... You know, later in the season, we know are not going to be good because everybody's going to have the meta decks. Mm-hmm. But you know, now's our chance to break it, call some shots, and we've we have, we've had some good called shots in the past before. I think. Yeah, so we're, we're trying to have fun before the fun police tell us no, it's not good. <laughs> there we go. Before yep. everyone beca- becomes uh, a negative Nancy or a. Although, yeah, there's there's usually plenty of uh, fun policing and negative Nancy between the three of us because we're all going to post some some silly brews and we're going to look at each other like, guys, really, you're mm-hmm. playing that card. In the world of Bone Crusher Giant, you can play that thing, you know, like that kind of stuff. But um, before we start, though, with our brews, were there any cards you didn't get around to brewing with that you wanted to brew with? Ooh, Ooh. that's a good question. Um, um, let me quick look at my phone list. You, you go ahead. Yeah, ask uh, I, I think the one that I, I I wanted to try that I couldn't really make work is I couldn't like fit the elusive otter into a lot of my brews that mm-hmm. I really wanted. Mm-hmm. That card it just seemed to be because like for the first few days on Moto, it was bugged. And so I couldn't play around with it. And then when I started like theory crafting, I just kind of like I I just kept running into walls. Like I like just like I, like the card just didn't end up like making the cut, or it's just mm-hmm. a little slow, or it just it just wasn't. The otter was not nearly as impressive as I once thought at the start of this. And yeah, so when you asked me to brew, brew with, you asked me to brew green blue scales, and I, I hit a wall as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the the really one that I've got on my list is beseech. Um, there's a couple of builds that i've gotten mine to try out beseech but i just haven't uh you know, put something together mm-hmm. yet or tested it at all um me it's probably mosswood dread knight i've seen some people making brews mm-hmm. with it with like adventures like in black and black and green and stuff like that but uh, i haven't actually had a chance to sit down and brew with that yet that and also warfox bodyguard i definitely think that's a good card and i want to see it yeah the, the bodyguard as well actually yeah the bodyguard as well but you know what i think you just created the perfect segue to talk about our first deck yeah yeah so who wants to go first 
Yeah, I, th- I think actually you created the perfect segue for me to talk about <laughs> Mossward Dread Knight in Golgari at okay. Nights. Okay. Um, so my first brew is a green and black um, uh, adventures, knights type deck. Uh, so the inspiration for this one was I went to my FNM on Monday. I sat down round one and I could not find my opponent. I was like, where is this dude? And then I see him off in the corner sleeving up a deck. And he was like, you can help me sleeve it, but try not to look at the cards. And I was like, all right, cool. And so I started like helping him sleeve it up. And I saw one card and the one card I saw was a murderous rider. And I was like, oh my God, what is happening? And then we sat down to play and I, I died to this deck. It, it, it's, it, it's using the adventure version. It's using the adventure cards, like a uh, smitten sword master. Uh, the one where, and it's, it's, it's adventure is curry favor. Uh, for a black mana, you get to gain X life, and each opponent loses X life for mm-hmm. X the number of knights you control. And he was like playing like he went like Lucky Clover on two into Mosswood Knight, copy it, and then he forged me because on one he played a Knight of the Ebon Legion, and oh, so oh, just oh. absolutely like got me, like burned me out so quickly. He was also playing a card, the, the new one, the new. Uh, I didn't end up including it in my list when I built it, but it was the 3-4 that returns an adventure that's on an adventure to your hand, exiles someone's oh, graveyard, yeah, yeah. or does another mode or something like that. He was... Green? No, it's in green. It's it's okay. like... Uh, so it's one green green's like a 3-4... It's a 3-4 knight. have a keyword it's a knight. Yeah, it's a knight. I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so this deck is using cards like uh, Mossword Dread Knight is like the new big card because it's, uh, it's, it, it is a knight. It's a 3-2 trampling knight. That card hits hard. I'm going to say it right now. That card also pairs pretty well when you go turn one Knight of the Ebon Legion, uh, turn two Mosswood Dread Knight. Like, you're already starting to attack for four on turn three. So, like, it, it pressures really well. And, like, you're drawing cards with Edgewall Innkeeper. And, of course, you're in black, so you get to play Fatal Push Thoughtseize. And you get to play Murderous Rider, as I said earlier. And then there's uh, some other cards in here that I just wanted to try, like Virtue of Presence and Order of Midnight. I'm not really too sure how good these two are, but, like, a 2-2 flyer that, like, can't really easily be blocked is, like... I don't know. I feel like early pressure is kind of where I want to be with this deck. No sideboard either, I see. This is the first, no. first brew. No. Now, I, I, if, if I can go first with my uh, feedback, I it feels a little bit underwhelming in terms of power level. You do have some really cool... I mean, you get a lot of... I guess I don't know, it wouldn't be card advantage, but card card quality, I would say, because you have two two cards in one with like pretty much everything, and then if you get a lucky clover, it doubles everything down. But you know, if you're not able to like finish them off with those effects, uh, I mean, like really, you're really hoping on Smitten Swordmaster to kill him, right? Not really. It just doesn't seem like it would could deal a lot of damage. Well, usually what happens in, like, the early turns is, like, you, you end up just, like, p- pressuring with, like, these smaller creatures. And, like, you mm-hmm. only have to deal, like, 10 damage. And then you already have, like, mm-hmm. two or three knights in play and, like, maybe mm-hmm. a Lucky Clover. And then you can start, like, drawing cards with Lucky Clovers because, like, you'll be, you like, you'll continuously be attacking with this Mosswood Dread Knight. And I had him where he was, like, I, I, I like he, I was blocking this Mosswood Dread Knight and he was just, like, sacking it. He fatal pushed his own guy to draw two, lose two, to create a little mm-hmm. Knight's Whispers, like... You, you, you restock so much with this deck because every single adventure is a draw card effect. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he just never ran out of cards and he kept pressuring and like, because like yeah. then I had to deal with his board anyway, even if he just went wide with a bunch of dorks because, well, <laughs> he just drains my life total. This one I sadly didn't get to play, but okay. I played against so just it and it, it just um, it absolutely destroyed me. The the other thing uh, that I would recommend for this deck, I mean, I know this is just like your first brew and stuff like that, but definitely... Uh, 
some green, some Golgari removal, abrupt decays or assassin's trophy. If you're gonna, when you make this the the sideboard and stuff like that, I think there's definitely some fun cards in Golgari that uh, can help you play with your your graveyard more or give you a little bit better removal. That would be my other uh, suggestion for this. But Kevin, what do you think? Yeah, so I actually did play a very similar list to this when I was trying to test, and I had written it off as not being strong enough. Um, I think that I was also using that same three drop. Um, other than that, you know, very similar deck list here, and I had just felt a little bit underwhelmed, and I'm not sure if I could put my finger on why. It just kind of seemed like, you know, it wasn't quite doing what the rest of the format could do. Um, you know, I was testing it against like meta decks, so maybe that that's it. Is those were just a little bit more established, a little bit more optimized, but. Uh, you know, for example, I was just going to say, like, I felt like this deck had a lot harder time turning on a, a Fatal Push to hit a 3 or a 4 drop than, like, Red Black does when it's got, you know, Fable and it's got its Blood Tithe Harvester. So, like, I was really struggling to kill Grease Fangs and Shieldreds because I just didn't have quite the right tools for that exact kind of scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it did get behind. Like, definitely when this deck falls behind, you know, if you're trying to Murderous Rider from behind, that always feels really bad. Um, so that was a little bit of a problem for me is that, you know, the life total would get low and then all of your, you know, lose a life, draw a card, lose a life, draw a card, lose two life, kill a creature. Those just start to feel really tough and uh, you, you kind of get into this hole where you can't dig your way out of it. I might. So here, here's just another idea real quick. I think I'd go all in with the Spin Sword Master. I know you got four of them in here, but some other abilities that just brings them back. That lets you get that card. Start back. cheating. Play eight. Well, I mean, just like, <laughs> just like something. I mean, I know you can double the ability and stuff like that, but... Some, it's gonna die. Sometimes it's either gonna bring it back to your hand, or it's gonna you're gonna get it from the graveyard. So you just cast it again. You cast it again. You cast it again. You just want to do that like two or three times in a turn if you can. If there's some way to do that, I think you can make this deck a lot more explosive. I would say maybe even get rid of maybe Edge Wall Innkeeper. Put that down too. Maybe maybe get rid of the the Knight of Evil Leavage for some more, um, you know, uh, uh. Adventure shenanigans, but uh, yeah, that that would be my advice. Or not my advice, my my uh, inputs. Anyways, I actually would say don't cut the edge wall. Cut a lucky clover. Um, okay, I've got another adventure list. We'll talk about in a minute. And I did find that in the current pioneer format, four lucky clover felt like too many because any game where I'm drawing two, I feel like I, I've just you know taken two turns off to play it before I'm getting any value, and it just never worked mm-hmm. out for me. Okay. I don't know if you got a comment on that, Ashok. No, uh, not really. Like, usually, like, I, when I was playing against, like, when I was playing in the League Streets and I saw a lot of these Loki Clover decks, like, I played against a few. And, like, I maybe it was just because I was on a lot slower deck that, like, tapping out for it was, like, fine. Like, my opponent would just, mm-hmm. like, I, I lost to a deck that was, like, Teamer Adventure with a, every single burn spell in an adventure card that he could play. And I died very quickly. <laughs> To a lot of these like shock effects that got doubled or tripled per se, but mm-hmm. I I don't know I don't know I think I do think Lucky Clover does have that problem in probably like other matchups like against Green where you really do need to interact or against Greasing like Lucky Clover is a pretty dead card but mm-hmm. that's what the mm-hmm. sideboards for okay yeah um, yeah the only other thing I'd say is I feel like you need a uh, a castle in here yeah Castle Lock Queen oh yeah Castle would be cool that's good it's good um should we move on Kevin do you want to go or do you want me to sure. go yeah. Uh, I feel like I should go right into my adventure deck yeah, because that seems to make the most Something sense similar. here. Is uh, I yeah so like I said I had brewed a um a green black but what I was really excited about is kind of going wide with some of mine. Let me see if I can find the list here. Is if you can find it, it's the uh, Jund list, the Jund Adventures. 
Jund Adventures, okay. And, uh, you know, don't look at the top card because I think it's, it's showing that Nissa is the very first thing here. So what, what I'm kind of trying to do is that I was thinking, hey, you know, Edgewall Innkeeper, it's a one mon, it's going to go wide. Um, it helps turn on Lovestruck Beach, you know, it's going to make all those little one ones go wide. And then I needed some kind of payoff for the go wide. And I was like, hey, I've been wanting to play this Hoarding Broodlord. This seems perfect. Um, so <laughs> if you guys haven't seen this one, you know, it's an eight mana, seven, six flying dragon, but it's got Convoke. So if you've got all of these stupid little one ones floating around from Edgewell Innkeeper, from Lovestruck Beast, and from the new Ratcatcher Trainee, which at instant speed makes two one ones. Um, those make it really easy to go and play the 7-6 dragon. That, when it enters, also tutors for any card that you can play for Ooh. the rest of the game. So just to be basically a demonic tutors when it comes into play. And then what it has is it says that spells you cast from exile have convoke, so the spell you searched for, you can convoke out. But it also means that all of your adventure creatures, you can play the creature side from exile, <laughs> convoked it. So you get to, you know, just like Lovestruck Beast and make two 1-1s one and then use those two 1-1s one to you know, cast your Lovestruck Beast and really power some things out. Mm -hmm. um, just as kind of a way to give these, you know, these adventure decks end up being very mid-range, kind of grindy, but you need a little bit of top end or you're just going to lose out on power level. And I felt like this was my way to have, you know, first of all, 7-6 just kind of beats everything in combat, but it also lets me, you know, search out my like, oh, I need my one murderous rider mm -hmm. or I need my... Um, you know, often I feel like the thing I was grabbing the most was this virtue of persistence. Um, not only is it a removal spell that I can tap the Broodlord to cast, but it's also then you know, the backside of it, if I can uh, power that out with Convoke, can be really easy to cast. Um, I've also got like a one of Nissa in here, which is, you know, the best um, overrun effect I could find. Or it's just a way to, you know, destroy some artifacts and enchantments when I need to tutor that mm -hmm, up. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of what I was going for with this is, um, you know, maybe it's a little all over the place, but I did really like that. Oh, and as far as um, the other new card that really felt good was Bremble Familiar. Um, like I was saying is that Lucky Clover wasn't feeling so great, but what felt really, really good is turn one Innkeeper, turn two Bremble Familiar. Uh, that always felt like I was just like way ahead that mm -hmm. I'm playing a two drop Mana Dork that draws me a card when it comes into play. Um, I'm just. I just want to say this. I want to say that I think all my janky and like Timmy, Timmy thinking has rubbed off on you because this is an incredibly spicy deck. Um, but I, I, coming from your point of view, I would say it's probably not going to be any good, but it's going to be a lot of fun to play. I think you know. I don't know if you're going to be able to consistently get that hoarding bird lord, but oh man, when it works, oh, it's going to be so nice. That's all I got to say about it. <laughs> all right, fair enough. Uh, what I got to say is I honestly, when I, when I've been like playing around and like vibing with Bramble familiar, I and like been seeing it and like streams and stuff like this Bramble familiar card has felt not great and has looked not great mm. either. But I guess like okay. if you have the nut of having the Edgewell Innkeeper, because I think a lot of mm -hmm. these adventure decks are just kind of like so heavily built around. If you have Innkeeper, everything's insane. But if you don't have Innkeeper, this card sucks. This card is just dying to stomp left, right, and center. Dying to push left, right, and center. Like, there's just so much targeted removal for this card. And we're, like, ramping out, like, uh, like other adventure cards, which are, like, okay. They're, like, fine. But, I don't know. My, the issue I also had with adventure was either it felt like the adventure deck was winning a lot because it had these key cards, or it was losing a lot because it didn't have these key cards. And, I mean, like, if you want to live and die by that sword, the <laughs> Hoarding Broodlord is the card for you. The only card I really don't yeah, like is... Yeah, I mean, I feel yeah. like 
this one at least I feel like has a little bit higher um, floor just because, you know, Bone Crusher Giant Love Struck Beast mm-hmm. are perfectly playable yeah. cards. If yeah. that's your hand is a couple of each of those, you're not going to have a bad curve out. Um, the only card I really don't like is the Rat Catcher Trainee. I feel I wonder if there's something better that can okay. be played. No. No. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's kind of a dinky thing. Yeah. I, you know, I'd looked at like there's the black and white one that makes like a food and a one mm-hmm. one, but uh, that's a whole other yeah. color. Okay. What do you think about Rat Catcher? Do you think that's an all playable card? Ash? Nope. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> Fair enough. But I was I, know, I wasn't going to I wasn't going to talk my thing. To, you to, go to, turn two clover and you make those four one ones at end step and untap and cast your broodlord. It's, oh, that feels so good. To, to use uh, Ashiok's catchphrase, it's poopy. It is <laughs> absolute poopy, poop soup. Yeah, poop soup. Ew, was, man, you took it your, uh, next that's level. That's your catchphrase. I haven't heard that one. Uh, I think I actually say hey, that it's I managed dookie. To fit. I think dookie it's is dookie. my word. Okay, there we go. It's dookie. Um, I, I will say virtue has felt good. You know, I've got like five or six, six uh, new cards in this deck. Yeah, you also. Sl- I also saw you sneak one in on the sideboard. So go you. <laughs> I, yeah, I threw at the end in, although I still haven't gotten a chance to actually play it. People, you know, I'm not sure if it's actually good yet. I was lower on it than you guys during the set review. Have you had any chance to test that card? I've come down on it like a little bit, but it's like I think it's okay. still like a really good one of for like these bring the light decks. And then in I think I've seen like a couple copies in Rakdos Sack as just like a way to deal with like anything because rakdos sack i don't know like 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 yasharn is just like so hard to beat because i'm Ooh. seeing a lot more yasharn <laughs> these days uh in like boards and similar from like the the poopy decks that i play so i, I and like helps um any of those decks that are just dead to karn if they're able to just side in the end and uh have a no more karn button yeah maybe i don't know i've also been seeing as like a two of in the sideboard f- for like Rakdos to be able to like have a better time than Mirror and then also against like Mono Green and it's been like pretty fine there from what I've seen. It's like okay. okay. We'll keep you listeners updated as we uh get a chance to actually test that card mm-hmm. some hopefully. It's playable. Okay. Um, right, Ryan, why don't you go ahead yeah. and start with one of yours? So just again, to all our listeners, we are putting all of these uh deck lists in our pod live chat channel. So go over there if you want to find them after you're listening or while you're listening. Um, my next deck, I was, I was going to say, I had two upgrades or two updates, I should say, and then one original one. And I'm going to start with the original one. I think it's kind of spicy. It's uh, Red, White, and Soul Artifacts. I'm not, I think we might have talked about this before. So I actually started, I wanted to make this red-green. I wanted to use the, the new gingerbread guy, uh, the green one that makes a 4-4 four, four, if you pay like 3 mana. I wanted to, you know, of course we have uh, gingerbread in this in these decks usually. And I also wanted to use the other new gingerbread. I wanted to kind of do like gingerbread and soul. Uh, um, <laughs> what was, what's that? Uh, tribal kind of, or typal. Um, but there were just too many good cards in white. So I went back to, to white, you know, white blue worked for a lot of people. White blue put a lot of pressure on people. This is more of a shrapnel blast version that uh, lets you sacrifice stuff. Um, and that kind of works with Sir Ginger. But anyways, let me, let me run through my current current build um, and tell you, uh, you know, how it works. So creatures, we have Ginger Brute. Uh, we have uh, Ingenious Smith that, to search up our, our artifacts, of course. We have Ornithopter, Patrick Automaton. Uh, those are all four ofs. Three Skrelv. Uh, and the two Sir Gingers. So Sir Ginger is the new one. It's a three one for two mana. Pretty good ability right there. It's legendary, food knight. Um it has trap hole, hexproof, and haste. 
as long as your opponent controls a Planeswalker. So it's going to be really good against uh, the control decks. Um, it's not going to be able to be destroyed by a uh, uh, Wandering Emperor on the attack, which I think is really good. And then the other thing about it is that it says whenever another artifact you control is put into the graveyard from the battlefield, put a 1-1 counter on Sir Ginger in Scry 1. Also has tap two and uh, sacrifice to gain life equals power. So I was trying to build around this deck. I wanted to have more ways to sacrifice. Shrapnel Blast does that. But I think I might want to add in... I had Voltage uh, Surge from uh, Kamigawa in here. Maybe I want to put more of those in here to kind of give a little bit more, you know, ability to, to pump that up. Uh, but I don't have that in there right now. Um, Reckoner Bankbuster I got two of. Uh, I have a Shadow Spear just for... I guess shits and giggles, I'm not sure. Uh, Springleaf Drum to be able to power our stuff out early. Uh, I also have Michiko's Reign of Truth. Again, this is just going to be huge with all these. I think I have like 26 uh, different artifacts here. Um, and then uh, my in-soul ability here is Yosha Declares War. We talked about this before. So you, you can read ahead. So for one turn, one of your artifacts become a 4-4 creature. Um, otherwise, if you, uh, it's a, so it's a saga, by the way. The first one is it makes a, a thopter. The second one is basically tap any artifacts you control and it de deals that much damage to the creature plants. So it's like removal, kind of. And then, yeah, like I said, three, it becomes a four, four. Uh, lands, yeah, it's a red, white mana base with some dark steel citadels that you can put the four, four ability on. Um, sideboard, pretty basic. Um, I'm adding Stroke of Midnight just because, you know, I wanted to try that out in there. So I have that in the sideboard to pretty much deal with any other problem cards. Um, and that's it. So any suggestions, any ideas? Maybe, I don't know, do I want to focus more on Sir Ginger and more Sacrifice stuff? What do you guys think? Why don't you start off, Astro? Sure. I was looking around this deck list for a bit, and I'm like, how did we fit a playset of Yodia Declares War? This card's poop. I need to figure out how we did it. And then I figured it out how. You cut Bowmack Carrier. Where is that card? Let's put that card back. Also, my is that always in here? Something right there. Um, yeah. No, like, it's it's just, like, a good way to, like, draw cards mm -hmm. in this deck. Like, you're still continuously applying pressures. And, like, at worst, you get to yeah. fling it. Um, it works with also, your Ginger as well. So yeah, I can yeah, see that. yeah. Mm -hmm. It is a sacrifice thing that you can do with Ginger if you really mm -hmm. need to. But I think the fact that it just like lets you refill your hand to be able to like do more things while still being like the aggressive card is why is what this deck is like really missing. Uh, like maybe you cut these bank busters for the voltaic surges because you don't really gain one. You like then then you like sorry you free up some like you, you get some like uh, mm -hmm. you play other cards because now you're playing an actual card draw mm -hmm. card. So, you know, put two Voltaic Surges in to, like, help with the removal. So that's probably what you, Yoda Declares War so, did the most for you, is the sh removal. Should I do Flings instead to kind of mimic the Shrapnel Blast? Because, you know, it, some mm, of these cards I, get I pretty big with so. Michiko's Reign of Truth. No. I'm definitely worried about you not really having a removal here. Um, you know, that, that's always kind of been my problem with these Shrapnel Blast builds, is that Shrapnel Blast really should only be going to the face. Like, it can kill creatures, mm -hmm. but... Um, you don't have a lot of just random artifacts to sacrifice, mm -hmm. I feel like. Like, you're going to kind of want most of your artifacts to stay in play, so you're not going to, you know, sacrifice your Sir Ginger to Shrapnel Blast yeah. a, you know, a Blood Tithe Harvester. Like, that That but feels see, like a really bad play. Yoshi Declares War is removal. It is removal, but we could play the Voltaic Surge over it and some okay. <laughs> Bomac Carriers. Yeah. But then it's not really an insul deck anymore. It's, well, you, it's not an insult deck because it doesn't have insult artifacts. This is in true. It. <laughs> it is. It's an insult effect. It becomes a four four. That's why I kept the name. 
Um, mm, honestly, got it, got it. Okay. I know. Okay, okay. So that real quick, like five five. <laughs> would a would a yeah, green a red version work with this with the new two uh, two uh, gingerbread guy? Two two. Oh, so tough cookie. It makes it four four for three mana. I think all colors kind of have some draw for an artifact deck so that that's really interesting to me i think that white is the most important yeah, though that's why i think um just because of Skrelv, because of ingenious myth because of um all the glitters that you're not playing mm-hmm. um all the glitters i had in which i think is yeah I'm, I'm trying to think if that's better than michigo's but that, that's it is also not <laughs> it's sadly not and the fact that you get to like pump twice and like the thing that uh the thing that all the glitters does uh, a really poor job of is dying to removal which yeah, this deck yeah, already yeah, just yeah. has like a big problem with is like i like you you have a lot of like small creatures and you want them to live and mm-hmm. you want to like you want to have these like ornithopters become like actual attackers and that's what michikoro's reign yeah, of truth yeah. actually does like just like pressures like a lot like the, now they have to spend the removal spell on ornithopter rather than like wait for patchwork automaton yeah. or scrawl yeah. or something um the only thing i don't really like about this deck i think is the um I mean, it doesn't really have a lot of evasion. Like that's why I have the uh, the spear in there, and then ornithopters to go over the top. Everything else can just kind of be chumped. Yeah. Well, you're. Um. How, how do you feel about the Darksteel Citadel? I'm trying to think if you even really want Citadel if you're not playing. I you mean, I guess you've got Trapital Blast. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's. Fair. It also adds. I was gonna to say you, know, you don't have a soul, but yeah, that too. And it can be searched up with Ingenious Smith if you need another land. True, it does give you another yeah. hit for Ingenious Smith, which otherwise might be light. Yeah. Okay, th- that's fair. Yeah, I didn't hate it. Okay. Um, I also like that we put two Stroke of Midnight in the board, just so you can, you know, talk about your pet card. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Look at that, Sir Ginger, yeah. That was the card I wanted to brew on the Sir Ginger there. But yeah, mm. that, those are some good good ideas, guys. I'm definitely going to try that out with the uh, the Bomet Couriers. I think that'll be... Yeah, take it to the next level. There we go. From uh, Dookie Tier to Poopy Tier. Yeah. <laughs> all right that's how we're leveling it up sure, sure. yeah all right uh Ashak, you want to go next, got, uh, next yeah. uh I'll, I'll talk about i'll talk about the one that i favored with i'll talk about my enchanties list um so yeah so uh, i've been playing a lot a lot around with um uh yorion enchanties uh recently and it's been it's been pretty fun it's been pretty good i've been enjoying it um you know, so the like new card that we get then? Yeah, kind of. Uh, it, we get up the beanstalk now. Um, up the beanstalk is the one that when it ETBs, you draw a card, and whenever you cast something with five or greater CMC, you draw a card. Um, the th- what what this card does for the archetype is it makes it so that your mana is a lot more consistently streamlined. So now you're like now your two drops that you're playing are like Nadia's presence and up the beanstalk, and the, the, which is like pretty base green. And it just allows you to be like, I don't know, like more focused with what you're trying to do on two. Cause like now you unlock like all your other colors now that you're focused on green and have like this important on green. Cause now his presence was so critical to the deck for mana fixing in the early turns, mm. uh, like mm. creating a one mana ley line binding and going into, uh, or like creating, uh, an up the beanstalk on turn two to then, uh, enable like your ley line bindings. Like I said, like now your ley line binding does a card or it's discounted by a lot, or now you can actually cast like some of your uncastables, usually like callous blood mage. Um, the list that I put in chat, I did make like one or two changes. Um, I'm also trying in the new, uh, not the new, I guess it's technically new. It's, it was in the last set. Uh, it's Borborygmos and Fibblefip I've been playing around with in this list. Ooh. Huh. Uh, All right. I like that it. one. That one says whenever it enters the battlefield or attacks, you get to draw a card and then you discard a card. And if it's uh, sorry, and discard a land card uh, or any amount of land cards, and then you deal twice the amount of damage you go the ones you discard. Um, 
Yeah, and up the Beanstalk in this deck has felt really good. It's like, so it's always at least drawing a card, so it's at least replacing itself. And on average, I'm drawing like one card usually, sometimes two, sometimes three off of my up the Beanstalks. And like, that's good enough. Like the, the fact that I can just go like turn two Beanstalk, turn two, or turn three Fable, turn four Fires, insert card, uh, Yorion flicker everything and also draw a card and then draw a card, or sorry, draw a card on a cast of Yorion and then draw a card on ETB of Beanstalk now. It just allows you to just like puke your hand out more and just like always have more stuff to do. It's like, it, it, it does help out a lot mm -hmm. for these like, um, like like against red black, your matchup it gets so much more streamlined because now you have so much more card draw effects. Mm -hmm. uh, you're able to just find your hate pieces more, find your ignetics more when you're in other matchups too. Like it, it, and having leyline binding say draw a card is nuts. <laughs> I like it. I, no, I was gonna say, can we petition the this for a name change? Can we call it uh, bouncing beanstalks, baby? Because could, you know Yurian bounces and you play beanstalks. And... I do play beanstalks. That does work yeah. out. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean it's good. It's a good deck. I I love the the upgrade. I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing more about how uh, how it does in future events. Oh yeah, right now, right now this is the deck that I'm pegging that uh that I'm trying to try to like or get really good at and like figure out the best list to be able mm -hmm. to play it in the RC uh, coming up at the end of the month. Mm -hmm. So we'll it, see how that goes. It, it's got a chance. Yeah, I think it does honestly. All right, Kevin. Um, You're you pegging away of the beanstalk. We're gonna. Yeah, I don't have much else to say about this one. I think I like it. Um, you know, I like some of the other changes that I haven't really seen from versions. You know, other recent sets have added some cards here and there. You know, like I didn't think I'd seen the Heliod see too much play, but I like that in here. Um, you know, Elish Norn, of course, has been around, but I do like what's been building this list up. Every single set seems to get one or two things that at least interest it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can uh, move yeah. on if there's nothing else on this. Yeah, go one. for it. It's just an update. All right, so. well, I'm worried because Ryan called my first one janky, so I don't think he's going to uh, be uh, uh. too happy with how the rest of mine look here. So I'm going to go with this blue-green one. Um, and this one really came about is that I, I really like this Blossoming Turtle card. Um, I thought that it's a very fun card. It's probably not going to be great, but I definitely wanted to try with it. Um, and I was looking at, you know, there are some combos you can do with it, and I think that there's like the Dragon Mantle or something like that. I'm going to leave that to standard to try and play around with that one, but I wanted with this list to go like, hey, what if all of my cards are Manland Lords or Manland Makers? Um, so, you know, really I started out with four Blossoming Tortoise and four um, Sylvan Advocate. And from there I was just kind of looking at like, hey, what else works really well with, you know, putting lands in play, turning them into creatures, or, you know, pumping up my creatures? So there's actually a few other, like, Manland Lords in a way. Um, Tatiova, Steward of Tides, gives all of your land creatures flying, and once you've got seven or more lands, it just turns every land drop into a 3-3 with haste. Um, there's also Joel Rail, uh, the blue-green one from whatever that ma Aftermath set was, uh, that also you know makes a land into a creature with flying on your turn, and whenever a land creature deals damage to a player, you draw cards. This is making it that now all of your creatures draw you cards, uh, additionally, I've even found room for Ashaya, who of course turns all of your creatures into land creatures. So you, they get buffed by the Sylvan Advocate, they get buffed by the, um, you know, all of these things. They can get flying and a bunch of pluses. And really the, you know, the, the root of this deck is Blossoming Tortoise being a strong card that puts a bunch of lands in play. And then I get to just play a ton of man lands. Um, but I'm doing a few things here that I think are actually pretty reasonable for the format. 
Uh, it would help, though, if I had more ways to deal with some of the meta decks. Like, you know, shoulder has been a problem when I've been testing this. But I think that's kind of true for, like, everyone mm-hmm. in the format. Um, but yeah, so that that's kind of what I'm going for here. So new cards, uh, you know, mostly the Blossoming Tortoise is the big one. Uh, I am running some of the Restless Vinestalk. I think that that was slightly better than Lumbering Falls. It's cool that with these uh, Restless lands, um, you do get the when it attacks ability if you attack with it another way. So like if you have Nissa turn a land into a 3-3 and you attack with Restless Vinestalk, you can, you know, get that uh, that buff or reduction on something um, just from having attacking with it. It doesn't have to be animated and then attacked. Mm-hmm. That's kind of sick, honestly. Yeah, do you want to go first, Seth, or should I talk? Sure. Yeah, what, what when you were it? talking about that, the Restless Vinestock uptick, I'm like, bro, we can miss a Who Shakes the World, uptick on a Restless Vinestock, attack with the Restless Vinestock, target itself, start attacking for it six. It does say another creature. What's oh, another? But... Oh, no, I'm yeah, sad. that one. I thought I was yeah, on something. I thought I was cooking. But if you, you know, the next turn where you, where you uptick a second land, mm, there you go. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, like, I, this deck doesn't, like, the Bushwhack is the only removal in this deck, which is so funny to me. Um, yeah, I don't know. I would probably, like, some fit Growth Spiral in here some way, because I think, like, the thing you want to do is, like, cast these spells and, like, put lands into play. And I feel like Growth Spiral does a pretty good job of what you're trying to do here. Uh, I'd probably end up cutting these, this as steward of elements, sadly. This card just is not good. I've, I've tried so much. Yeah, it's just not I haven't there. minded. You know, it's an over... Or it's not quite an overrun, but it's, you know, if you've got Nyssa and you've got Sylvan Advocate out, that's like mm-hmm. a swing for 14 damage or something like that. So that's kind of why it's there. But yeah, it's maybe a little bit too cute. Yeah. Um, you're not bad at defending it, and then usually what it does is it can ramp you, which is nice for three mana, but... I'm. I know it's a pet card that probably gets cut. The other one I had tried in here was the um, battle for. I want to say it's Zendikar, the one that invasion a, of Zendikar. Uh, yeah, sorry, yeah, invasion of Zendikar, the one that you know finds two lands on the front side and then it's a land creature on the back. Um, but I ended up cutting that one out. I think for Jewel Rail. I did gotta read con- that one. <laughs> did you consider um, uh, growth spiral? Way to... That's what uh, Ashak was just yeah. saying, is that, you know, uh, another way to put some lands into play. Really with this deck, you know, you know, I need some removal, I need that Oko, and I need some ways to put lands into mm-hmm. play. I need that, uh, <laughs> that, um... Uro. Uh, Uro, yeah, exactly. You know, things that green-blue just should have and don't, for some reason. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah I feel, yeah, I, I just think that there's some balance issues with this. Uh, you know, you, you do have a couple, uh, you know, one and two drafts, but it feels like a lot of this stuff is like a four or five um so i think you might have issues where you just don't have enough lands or you can't get them up fast enough and you're just a turn behind the your your opponent but it's a neat deck yeah, that's fair it's an idea yeah and I, I think probably if i were to say one thing about you know if you if anyone wanted to try it is that this deck does turn the corner a lot faster than you would expect because all of a sudden you know Blossoming Tortoise can make it that you can just all of a sudden turn on like three man lands on the same turn. And if they're all getting pumped up, uh, that can be a huge swing out of nowhere. So it, it does a good job at that. And the whatever I have, like 10 man lands or something like that, do give it a decent bit of staying power, even when you get like swept or removed one for one. I mean, you could do a, a, a Azusa, maybe. I don't know, to put stuff into play a little bit quicker. I'm just trying to think. There's a lot of legendaries in here. I wonder if you can work with that and put some kind of ability that works with legendary uh, spells. Hmm. Kamal's druidic vow. There we go. go. (laughs) 
Yeah, my delighted halflings will be excellent or something. Huh. Yeah, okay, I don't know. All right. Um, when we move on? Sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've got two more decks. I'll do my next one pretty quick here. Uh, so my next two are just the upgrades, and I'm going to focus a little bit on uh, what everyone's been talking about in the Convoke deck, the Bros Convoke. Everyone's been talking about the Bunnycorn, and it is really freaking good. Yes, it dies to push, but, man, if you're taking out the Bunnycorn... You know, when, like, they're swinging with, like, six or seven other creatures, you're, you're behind. Um, so, what I'm playing in this deck, it's basically still our Boros Convoke core. You know, Ornithopters, Night Errants, uh, Bushwhackers, etc. Uh, except uh, we're dropping, I mean, I've been talking to a couple of people and watching people play. We're dropping, like, the, um, what was it, like, the, the Spirit? The, um, the one that, Spirit. Yeah, the Clarion Spirit and stuff like that. Uh, in favor of the Regal Bunnycorn, which is, you know, just two mana, XX, and equals power and toughness equal to the uh, number of non-land permanents you control. So all your creatures, all your clues, all your artifacts, all that stuff is going to make this bigger. So on an empty board, you know, you play this in a re- uh, Reckless Bushwhacker, you know, it's going to come in as, a, you know, like a, a three. But, you know, if you're playing it with, you know, your Thraven Inspectors and your Epicures, you know, it's going to come in. It's going to be huge by the time you, you get to attack with it. Uh, so that is the big addition to this deck. I'm also trying out Inladane's Recruiter, which I really liked in our set review. Uh, I think that this is better than the Regal Leosaur because it gives you haste uh, as well as uh, being able to create two, uh, two, two Knight tokens with Vigilance late in the game. I don't think you're going to use that that often, but it is you know better than having nothing late game because it does create a board for you if you you know after a board wipe you put two into play and then the next turn you attack with with it though them and this and they're all going to be three twos which i think is is pretty pretty strong and i again i like it more than regal leosaur because leosaur has to be put on a creature if they kill that creature you don't get the bonus so this is basically um our bushwhackers uh five and six uh, everything else sideboard, I think is mostly the same. I put giant killer in the side just because, yeah, you do need to kill, you know, your, your shield dress and stuff, but I want to go really fast that first game. I don't want something that's going to slow me down. And then afterwards, you know, I, I'll, I'll side it in to get rid of stuff. I'm also trying out impact trimmers in, in this game or in this deck. I know a lot of people play like the, the Thalias to, to get rid of, or not get rid of, to, to make trouble for, um, uh, control decks, but I just want to make a lot of creatures deal a lot of damage, and this deck can do that very well, very quickly. Uh, otherwise, otherwise, you know, I got invasion, uh, Gobblecon, Rending Valley, Tormod script, wedding announcement, all that stuff in the sideboard. But yeah, two main things: Bunnycorn and the Recruiter. So, what do you guys think of the updates, or do you have any other update suggestions? Uh, so when I've been seeing this deck and when I've been playing against it, I think the thing that uh, is different from this list uh, or your list that I'm seeing in the other lists is like, it's not playing the uh, the recruiter or whatever and the legions landing. It's playing a playset of the um, legion loyalist because yeah. the biggest the biggest thing with regal bunnycorn is it's just it, it it is what it is. It's a pile mm-hmm. of stats and like it's really easy to chump uh, with uh, especially with the the go wideness that is pioneer. Mm-hmm. Um, so the fact that you can just give it first strike trample is just like the biggest thing, because now you're actually pushing damage, and that's scary. Um, and I think the only other thing is like impact tremor is bad. Uh, I like the, I, whenever I see these deck lists, I like the devil that's always in the board, the forge devil. That card is always very good. Mm-hmm. Killing Llanowar elves okay. is the name of the game, baby. 
Okay. I'll try that out then. I just like killing what about... control players quickly. Oh, I was going to say what about um, Embercleave, but uh, you, you don't have Gigantha in here. You probably should have Oh, yeah, it. Jeffrey's free. Yeah. I, uh, I don't, yeah, I guess I should put that in there. I forgot to put that. It's free real estate. There you go. Free. Yeah, it, it, just those I two updates. It's, uh, so I, I think there's hate... two ways to build this. Like like you said, the Legion Loyalist hit hard, you know, push through that damage, uh, make it hard for them to block. And then there's also, this is more of a, a go-wide, I would say. I mean, like, the go-wide one, uh, I think if you're playing the go-wide strategy, you want to play that new one that says creature tokens you control get plus one, plus one, that adventure card or whatever. I've the seen green, that one. Green-white? Yeah, but you just don't ever cast the, the green bunny half. Corn. Yeah, I it's guess not, I could do uh, that too. I've seen I've seen that one help out for the token strategy or the tokens variant of it, and it was a little bit more impressive. But still, I, or if you're going wide, I, I like the you know, you know you can always you know you can always go back to is burning tree emissary. <laughs> yeah, huh. Huh. burning tree emissary bad, real yeah. bad. <laughs> but yeah, I I just feel like like I don't hate I don't I feel like imitating recruiter is kind of cute. Um, I don't hate it, but I'm like if we're cutting clarion spirit. <laughs> like I'm like the Clarion Spirit took over Bush or uh, Burning Tree Emissary spot. I don't know if this can live up to my man Burning Tree Emissary. You know, okay. It, it feels like we're we're going the wrong. I think direction. Burning Tree Emissary is the most uh, overrated card in Pioneer. Oh my god, it is it is huh. not anywhere near there. It, it, yeah. it Burning Tree Emissary like got cut from this drop. forever ago. Yeah, it's like it, cool. You got a free two drop. That's not exactly free, but. Sometimes okay. you beat people down with it with like your reckless bushwhacker, but like for the most part, like I don't know, like Legion Loyalist making Bunny Corn actually like a deal damage is like where where this deck just needs to be. You guys got oh. uh, one more each you want to talk about? I have yeah, yeah. Two, I think maybe maybe Ashak's got more than that. But... Yeah, I mean, like if we just keep going down the list, I think we we're all gooch. Yeah. What do you got next? Uh, uh I'll talk about another five color deck. I'll save the spiciest one for the end. This one again is just another <laughs> update. Um. So it's the it's just your five color bring to light deck, uh, again using the up the beanstalk card. Uh, the up the beanstalk, I, I I've really been enjoying it because it does just replace itself at worst. But in this deck especially, it being able to have your bring to lights draw you more cards because like the issue with this deck is like you would ha play a bring to light for your first one. You'd probably have to get like a selfless glyph weaver to live because your opponent was just like puking their board into play. And then you would be like, mm -hmm. okay, cool. Uh, and then you would just live on the top of your deck. Either you would draw your second bring to the light, or you would die or you, by drawing a whole bunch of lands. This gives you, like, a lot more filter, or a lot more draw effects to be able to, like, actually hit all of your, like, like you're just, like, now chaining these cards together rather than, like, taking turns off because I have to cycle all these triumphs because I drew them so many. Just being able to, like... I was gonna say, you get to draw two off of bring to light, right? Yeah, oh, well, you get to draw two off of it if you bring to light for something that costs five. Mm -hmm. uh like sometimes you bring lighting for an on math and i guess you're technically drawing two because like the on math draws a card but yeah like turning selfless glyph weaver or sorry bring the light selfless glyph weaver into a draw two technically a draw three because of up the beanstalk just makes it so good and again leyline binding having a etb draw card is just so good in these five color decks that i love playing yeah I like it. I was gonna say so. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else new. No, no there's nothing else now. Interesting in here, but no, nothing else now. Yeah, <laughs> nothing. Else you don't want to play Niv Mizzet to be able to get that that double, double nope. draw. Nope. No, that card's bad. Okay. I I I've been burned by that card too many don't times. Let, I have a, I have a hate relationship Claudia with it. You say that those, those I actually words. don't like Claudia. Wait, wait, which Niv Mizzet are we huh. talking about? Which Niv Mizzet are we talking about? <laughs> I'll, I'll fight him IRL. Claudio, just a, <laughs> he's just a silly little guy. We're probably talking <laughs> about Niv Mizzet uh, Reborn. <laughs> 
I talked to Claudio on the daily. He, uh, yeah, <laughs> he doesn't. <laughs> him and I fight about Niv still. Okay. okay. All right. Well, what if we talk about the other Niv Mizzet? Niv Mizzet no Supreme. Six mana. Which one? There's, the new? there's a bunch of them. I don't remember. Do you say works. Beef Supreme? No, Supreme, just Supreme. Okay. Nivisit Supreme okay. is the one with Jumpstart. He's not the Taco Beef Bell, Supreme. The Taco Bell, yeah. Niv Ti- Times are tough right now. Nivisit oh. had to take another job. Nivisit <laughs> Beef Supreme. There we go. Okay, Nivisit Supreme's five mana. You could play it. Yeah, I could, but that card's infinitely worse. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, this one's just not a basic what we said. Update. We just said you can play it. <laughs> yeah, this one's just okay. a basic update. No, that's, no, cool. that's cool. Too exciting. I think it's a cool update. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kevin, um, your turn. Should I go? Yeah, yeah finish it off. Yeah, so this one, this one I think had potential. Like, I definitely understand why I wanted to try it. It also kind of fell apart for me, but maybe I'm also just testing against tougher stuff <laughs> than I need to be. Um, mm. But this was, you know, I'd seen this deck floating around a little bit with Phyrexian Obliterator and fight spells. So mm. you make your Phyrexian Obliterator fight the opponent's stuff, and then they have to sacrifice a bunch of a bunch of cards. And what that deck always kind of lacked was any kind of redundancy in the phyrexian obliterator so when you don't have it your fight spells look really bad um so we got this new card tangled colony it's a three two for two um which is you know reasonable aggressive stats um it can't block and when it dies you make x one one black rat creature tokens that can't block uh equal to the amount of damage it's taken this turn so uh this is kind of just i was like hey it's another card i can stick in that deck and now I've got one more creature to fight with, and if I, you know, fight a Shieldred and I suddenly, you know, kill the Shieldred and I get four one ones, that's going to be hard for my opponent to come back with. So mm. uh, that's kind of what I was going for with this. Uh, the Mosswood Dread Knight also made an appearance just as a good aggressive creature that happily fits into this deck, gives a little bit of, um, you know, ways to spend some more time. Uh, and I think that that that's kind of what I built the deck around is, you know, it's kind of just a green black mid range focused on let's get that Phyrexian obliterator out here and fight some things with it. Mm. I'm mad at yeah. you. I want you to know why. Can you guess why I think I, why? why you think I'd be mad at you? With the end. Ooh, I'm wondering, is it what, what card? No, I don't know what card. Yeah, there's two of a card in here. There should be a, like one more of. Ooh, is it Lily? Oh, it's Children of the Apocalypse, or? baby. Oh. You should be playing more of that yeah. card. You should play the good card. <laughs> more four drops. Yeah, so so I do think that, you know, having tested Tangled Colony, that card felt like the weak link. Like, I just don't think it does that job quite good enough, which probably makes the whole deck fall apart. Oh, probably. Um, I'm willing to look at another version. I When I was looking at, uh, you know, Inspiration, I'd seen some versions that were playing Eldritch Evolution with two drops. And I could see, you know, Eldritch Evolution, your Mosswood Dread Knight into a Shieldred or an Obliterator being a decent play. Or, you know, your Galgreeders, your Mosswood Dread Knight, both of those would be decent to sack to that. Um, so I'm willing to play around with that build, but I at least wanted to put out this version because th- that's really what I built it around is the fact that I've got another card that I want to fight with now. Mm-hmm. No, that's fair. Yeah, I, think- I just get worried about you having your four drops being all mon- all black, 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 when a lot of your two drops that you're wanting to cast are one in a green. Yeah, I think the mono works. You know, there's one uh, land that can't make green, I think, or that can't make black, and that's a Beseju, and I've got Urborg in here. So, like, um, yeah, I guess the Darkwood Pathways can be played on green, but then you, you're hopefully getting your Urborg to turn them on, but... I do feel like there's a reasonable amount of uh, you know, black mana, plus you can get the treasures from Galagreeder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If anything, the harder part is if you ever want to kick uh, Inscription of Abundance, it <laughs> does take two green. Um, the double green, I think, is harder than the quad black. Mm. 
Go for it, Kevin. Yeah, it gave me some more fight spells, I would think. I would think there's some other fight spells you could play. I know there was... Isn't there, like, another new one? Bushwhack. Bushwhack. Bushwhack is probably the other good one. I was between Bushwhack or Inscription. Um, I think I just tested against um, too much of Grease Fang when I was playing a lot of these decks because not having an instant speed removal spell really was biting me. Um, and Fatal Push is just a little bit too tricky to turn on at instant speed on turn three. Um, so that's really why I went for the Inscription over the Bushwhack here. But I think Bushwhack, you know, finding a basic land is totally reasonable. You probably need to run a couple more basics if you're doing that. I mean, there's Feral Encounter, I think, that I was talking about that fights creatures and looks for a creature. So, hey. Oh, that was the one that was the stinker. Green. No, no, that no, was no, the no, double no. That green one's one. real bad. That was the yeah. stinker. Yeah. Yeah, one, that's double green. I don't think that's at all playable. And two, you need to have, that's like a five drop because you have to have mana to cast the creature afterwards. Yeah. I also like the double green card in Aphraxian Blood Raider deck. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you could just search for anything. I mean, you could have an obliterator in play, search for another creature, grab it, put it into play, and then Feral Encounter it says, yeah, target creature you control. So you just have obliterator target something on the next upkeep. But I guess they have a chance to kill it, but whatever. It's four mana. It's hard to kill. But anyways. Anyways. Um, anyways, I think you're off for your last else? brew. All right, so this is actually another update, but I'm really excited to talk about this. I've always wanted uh, Bard class to work, and I think we finally got it. We finally, finally did it. A um, bunch of cards were added in this this uh, most recent set. You know, we talked about it a little bit on the uh, set review. So yeah, we got we got the combo in place. You know, n- nothing's changed there, uh, which is basically you know our. Our Bard class, our Mox Ambers, I, th- I think those are going to be key. I think our Gallias aren't going to move anywhere. Um, you know, I got my Hajars as a four of, uh, and some Targnars. I got like three Targnars in here. And then that's where it changes. I mean, we got Goro Goro. I guess it depends. Some, not, some people play Goro Goro, some people don't. I do because it gives everyone haste, and I think that's good. Um, but I added a ton of stuff to this build. Um, the first off is Ruby Daring Tracker, which I think really brings this together because if you have bard class in play on turn two and then on turn three you activate it uh, you can play her for free and then you can tap that for another mana so what i always end up happening happening having is like i put all, i play all my two mana my, my red green guys for free and then i run out of mana to be able to cast uh like uh like a miglos or um, what else do I have in here? Um, well, I mean, a girl girl was only reduced by one, for example. And this lets you play that on that turn. Or I guess Domri would be another one. The Domri, uh, uh, Bolas would be another one that you could play. And it just makes it a lot more consistent. It lets you put more cards into play more quickly with Ruby. So she's really good. And when she attacks, if you have like a, a Hajar in there, for example, it comes in as a 4-4. If you just want to attack, you can. She'd be a 4-5 when she attacks on turn 3 uh, with haste. The haste also works really well with the... Um, what was it? What's his name? I think I have him in here. I don't see him in here, though. Um, oh, I must have taken it out of this build. Um, the 2-3 Vigilance Haste guy... Uh, Samet. Samet, yeah. Yeah, I actually, I don't know why it's not in this build. I mean, it should be in this build. I'll have to update it later. Um, but yeah, so Samet is a two of. Um, I think is is really good in this deck. Uh, whenever a creature with haste deals damage, you can draw a card. Uh, I'm not playing any Oath of Nisses in this. I'm not playing any anything that's just like is not a creature because 
when I combo off, you know, I just want to hit stuff that's going to attack, that's going to deal damage and whatnot. And I feel like if you have Salmon in play, you're going to be drawing cards when you hit with Ruby. You're going to draw cards when you hit with Zergo. You're going to draw cards when you hit with Gallia. Um, I, have, I even have like a Feldon rolling on my Excavator because it's a Haste card here. Um, so that that is part of the deck. The other part of the deck here is Agatha, the Valcaldron. She's also something that's free. I've been trying, I've been playing around with her and like how it... Uh, her ability works is like if you have a bard class in place, you can come in as a 2-2 and she's going to make all activated abilities cost 2 less. So her actual ability, which is uh, 4 and a green and uh, red, will be reduced by 2 if you have a bard class in place. So it'll only be 4 mana to give all your creatures um, trample and haste uh, and plus 1 plus 1 till the end of turn. That also reduces effects like Targnar. So like if she has 2 power, Targnar suddenly is pay a green and a red and double its power and toughness to the end of turn. Um, you can also make Goro Goro's ability, which is put a 5-5 dragon uh, ability, or 5-5 dragon into play. That becomes like 3 mana instead of uh, 5 mana. Um, the other new card I have in here is uh, Godric, Cloaked Reveler. Uh, I really like this card. Um, I mean, it's haste, of course. So again, it works at Samit. And again, I'll, I'll update this list later. It works at Samit. Um, hey, so you're gonna deal 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 damage with that. Uh, if you're playing, if you play two or more non-land permanents, um, so you play this and something else free, for example, the next turn, or like if you played your Ruby Daring Tracker first to be able to get mana to put him into play, he'll notice that hey, this is the second card this turn. He'll become a four four flyer, and it'll be a five five flyer if you have uh, a Bard class in play. This deck does not have evasion. It has haste, yes. Maybe sometimes has trample or menace, whatever. This is amazing. This has been an amazing card for me. It's hitting four or five damage in the air that people cannot block. Um, I've always also died a lot to flyers killing me in the past. This is something that the, the deck sorely needed. I think it shores up that weakness really well. Um, and I don't know, other than that, so like I said, I will add in the sandwich later. Other than that, I moved my Clothis to the sideboard. It just felt too slow. I want to be aggressive that first match. Um, I'll bring that in against, you know, the, the you know, the Parhelion decks or the other graveyard-based decks, control, etc. Um, uh, the other thing I'm trying out, uh, again, I got some tips from some people in, uh, Discord. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm playing Animus Might. I used to have Rending Volley in the sideboard, uh, which was, you know, just for my uh, uh, mono white matchups, my uh, my creature matchups, I'm caring less about the not being able to can't, uh, be countered and instant speed effect, and I'm just going all in on being able to damage and kill everything. Animus Might is two and a green sorcery, uh, but it costs two less if it targets a legendary creature. Everything in your deck is legendary, so anything that you use this on, it'll it'll work with for one mana. And it says target creature you deal you control deals damage equal to twice its power. To target creature or planeswalker you don't control minimum it's four if you don't have like a bard class in play but most of the time you're going to be dealing six seven or eight damage to any creature or planeswalker with this it clears out and it's not even a fight effect it deals damage so it'll clear out your shield dreads it'll clear out any planeswalker that's about about to ultimate etc etc so this is my current deck i'm excited but yeah what do you guys think is it there? Did we make it finally? Okay. Have you ever played against Grease Vane? Oh, yeah. How many times have you beaten that matchup? Now you got I can't remember. Right? I mean, you have Pithing Needle to stop it. You got Clothis. Uh, I got yeah. Braids in the sideboard. I got Weather Runestone. I got a lot of sideboard cards for it. Maybe you got a lot of other cards. But Running Volley is always in the sideboard. Because, like, I don't know. Playing against, like, Spirits and, like, playing against other cards. Like, or Grease Fang, you 
definitely need the instant speed. But mm. um, a lot of these other upgrades that I'm seeing in Bard class, when I was playing against Bard class online, I played against it like three times in my leagues, which is insane because it's the most I've ever played oh, against wow. Bard class. Um, they were all playing the Oath of Nissa version, and I think the thing that I realize now that like Oath of, Oath of Nissa actually just does is it finds it just finds you another dork to cast, and like, you get to look at your top three. And so I feel like I don't know, like I'm higher on Oath of Nissa in Bard class, uh, but I do feel as though that like Ruby does really do a lot for this deck, and it does really like help you power out like your Mivaloses and like your other more important three drops. So like that means mm-hmm. you can like start to fill up on these three drops a little bit more. So that's where Samlet's actually like the schnut. Um, yeah, but this just looks like Bard class, and I'll just make fun of you for yeah, it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go a lot deeper, I think, than Eshek did, because you know I'm also a Bard class fan, and I was really excited to, you know, I knew that you were doing an update on this, so I wanted to see where you had oh. gone with it. Um, I was gonna say I totally yeah, oh, forgot something? to talk about Plarg as a one of in this deck. So again, his ability is also reduced by Agatha's, uh, the Valcard's ability, and the only card that it can search when you pay the four mana and a red and tap it is Bard class. No, that's always been a problem. It's like if you don't have Bard class, you just kind of, you know, lose out or, you know, you run out of cards to play because you can't, you know, activate the combo. That does that. Anyways, go ahead. Oh, that's cute. So it can only find Bard only class Bard deck class. because you removed the Oath of Nissa's? Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, a- anyways, so where I've been mentally thinking about Bard class, I do think that Ruby's a huge addition for this deck, and where I was really wondering is I keep saying, like, it feels like the deck's going in two directions. It's either going to be more combo heavy, mm-hmm. or it's going to be more aggro yeah. heavy and kind yeah. of abandon the combo. This is the aggro. And I, I I think you're still a little bit torn between the two, in that I think if you're saying this is an aggro deck, the I'm not trying to do a combo plan, I don't think Bergie still really has a place here. Mm. Um, I think that's one of the one that really stands out for me as being a little bit unnecessary. Like I know you've cut the Xenagoses. I think that that's mm-hmm. part of the combo that you're yeah, probably cutting. Yeah. You know, you're not playing like the five mana Samet stuff like that. Um, and I could maybe see a world where you take out Oath of Nyssa if you're not trying to combo, but you definitely want that if you're comboing. Yeah. That said, I don't think you can pull out four Oath of Nyssa and not put any more lands into this deck. Um, just because yeah. Oath of Nyssa was often going to cantrip and find a land. Yeah. You know, you're Mox running Amber. 20 lands. You, you do not have enough mana sources in this deck. You're playing one one drop with 20 lands. Um, well, I would think you're going to need at least. <laughs> you know, you could, you could, yeah, you could probably go straight Bergy into uh, two more lands, and I don't think that would be unreasonable. Um,. Just because, and I think also just, you know, if you're going for the aggressive plan where you want to be curving out and doing something like that, uh, it's less necessary to keep your deck so thin that you're always going to find hits off of your bard class, Mm -hmm. um, which is part of why the combo version would try to run such a minimal amount of lands um, almost to their own detriment. Mm. So I think that you could run, you know, if you ran a version with 24 lands, I don't think you would be unhappy with that as like a stompy deck. Um that said, I don't know if how you know during the set review, I think I said that Agatha wouldn't be necessary. Um, you've got like twenty something. How, how many two drops do you have in here? You've got two, three, seven, eight, nine, thirteen, fourteen, eighteen, twenty-one. Um, I don't know if you need Agatha in this list, just because I feel like she's going to be worse than all of your other two drops, and you have just so many of them i consider maybe uh, just really putting in her head a one drop kind of, because her ability is very similar to goro goro 
Except that Gorgos is one to give everyone haste. And if you have her, again, come mm-hmm. in as a 2-2, two, two, she's going to give everybody um, plus one, plus one trample and haste. So she kind of fulfills that same, I guess, same ability. So I can maybe I can do like one of her and one Goro Goro. So if I hit those in the combo, I can just give everyone haste and attack. Um, and then maybe I can put some yeah, more. Yeah, and at stuff. the same time, though, you know, keep in mind, well, well, she's also going to be your worst two drop when you don't have bard class you know keep that in mind too mm. yeah i wasn't even counting bard class as one of your many two drops yeah later. so like um what you definitely cut those you cut pretty much all of the one drops okay um i have never loved ovira pashira mm-hmm. but you kind of just need her as a curve filler okay. at least in some amount and then you know i do think that zergo is an aggressive creature and you kind of just need that one drop um, so I can see going back up to like four one drops in this list as probably That's, what uh, I want to Those be. are some very good suggestions, and I will try that out. Thank you, thank you. Um, do we have anything else? I know Ashak, you did three. Did you have one more? Do you want to talk? I got about one more deck. I was saving the good one Real for quick, last. You can do. Yeah, and then, yeah. then after that, we'll wrap yeah, it this up. It. Yeah. So this is the this is the deck that I I'm I'm very proud of the title of it. That's what I'm gonna call. I'm gonna, I'm gonna announce it. It's called um, Wilds of Drain. I foretold about a pact where she be dooming my demonic harmlessly <laughs> um so we're playing beseech the mirror uh as our new card um uh so we're able to like abuse uh these this uh enchantment doom foretold pile that i've been like really enjoying um i was able to run a league of this however i would like it to be said that i went three two while accidentally misclicking a land uh and huh. so mm-hmm. i actually so i was accidentally playing like less lands than i should have been I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I accidentally missed the plan, so I wasn't able to reveal Yorion. So I played an entire league without Yorion game one, oh. and uh, I still went 3-2, so it worked out. Um, but hmm. the thing that really impressed me about this list was Hopeless Nightmare. Hopeless Nightmare was really good. This is the one where ETBs makes an opponent discard and lose to, and then when it's put into a graveyard from the battlefield, you get to scry to. And the reason that's really good is because how much it actually enables Rite of Oblivion. Like, I, I, had a, I had a couple of games where I went turn one on the play... Uh, hopeless nightmare. Uh, my opponent played an elf, and then I right of oblivion their elf, sacking my hopeless nightmare to scry two, scry like a fable to the top, and then just poo on yes. my opponent. Basically, um, something that I've really uh, as I've been playing this, as I was playing this list, what I really wanted to do was go up to four treacherous blessings, uh, because on ETB it draws three, and then it has drawbacks or whatever. Uh, whenever you get like like uh, you cast spells, uh, so like if you're just like play that and then immediately beseech it to go find a doom foretold or to go find a uh, uh, a hard demonic pact or uh, we're playing a one of harmless offering for when that wants to be a thing because you know when you're about to get there to there to the last trigger of the demonic pact and you're like ha kill your opponent, um, yeah it just allows this the, this deck to be a lot more toolboxy uh, which I think it's kind of what it really wanted. Uh, like, you get to play a one of Slaughter Games in the main, a one of the end, both of which came up in my league matches. Uh, I got to I got to make a Monograin okay. player cry. Hmm. So, yeah. I, this is the I like this a lot. I, I like this. I mean, especially yeah. since it's, like, mostly Mardu. Mardu needs some more love. So. Yeah. No, I like this a lot, too. Like, I'd said I'd want to test with Beseech, and, you know, this was very similar to what I... Actually, I think I had two... You know, I was like, oh, I want to test Doom Foretold. I want to test Beseech with um, with the Demonic Pact. And you managed to fit both of them in the same list here. I think this is very similar to what I wanted to do. And I'm happy to hear that Hopeless Nightmare is good because that's the card I wanted to see uh, really go off. Yeah. And I actually tried out Hopeless Nightmare in um, a Waste Nut version, and I, it wasn't bad. Um, it, 
turn one and like if I had a waste knot in play uh, and they discarded a land, I could just like get rid of it right away if I had like an extra land on like turn three or something and just sacrifice and scry. It's nice. It's good in those types of decks. So happy oh, on the spot. Here's, here's the question though. How does it feel every time you sacrifice Hopeless Nightmare to Beseech the Mirror, scry two, and then immediately shuffle? Ooh. I'm sure that's not fun. <laughs> yeah, that happens sometimes. Um, so a couple of little thoughts I have as far as things I would like to see. Um, I do worry about the fact that on the draw, you don't have any one mana interaction for an elf. Um, I just wouldn't hate it if your sideboard interaction included something like a, you know, a um, portable hole, just something that can hit those one drops because I'm a little bit worried about falling behind on the draw. Um, the other one, I would love to see a shieldred in here. Just the fact that you can find it with Beseech seems like it's going to be worth grabbing so often. Uh, you know, even if it's just a, you know, even if your opponent's going to want to remove it, they have to remove it. And if you can, like, you know, play shouldered and then play a trial of them, or not trial of ambition, what's the one that draws three? Uh, Treacherous Blessing. Um, Treacherous Blessing, yeah, that's the one. That just seems really, really good, so... Um, I, I bet that would be great just as, you know, it adds up with Doom Foretold. You know, you draw cards with a lot of your cards. Um, I bet having at least one Shouldred would feel good and you'd grab it a lot if you could. Uh, maybe, maybe. I think, yeah, I think the thing I wanted to do with this deck also is, like, go down on a little bit more of the demonic packs and go up on um, uh, some of the other, like, tutor targets that I could just have that, that just exist. And, yeah, uh, you can't run Portable Hole if you're a Doom Foretold deck, really. <laughs> so it would have to be, like, yeah. Fatal Push. Uh um yeah that's true you could just fatal push yeah you can't really like yeah you know, like I, I, I think like when i showed this deck list to a friend i think this the first thing he said was like where, where's the chain of the rocks and i'm like let's do some critical thinking and think why we're not <laughs> playing the chain of the rocks well like I, I think that probably the comparison i would say is do you remember when uh you know enigmatic incarnation would find places to play Portable Hole when it wasn't something they could sack, or they would find a place to run Fatal Push just because it was that important for this kind of grindy list to have that one-mana interaction mm. on the draw. Yeah, but the the, the difference is, because like I did play the Portable Holes in those decks, and Portable, it, mm. it wasn't like the, it was because you couldn't sack it, like you did need it, but the fact that it's like versus the, versus like being like a little bit of a Nambo in Krugafires versus being actively bad in this list, because yeah. if I have a Portable I, Hole with I, a I, I'd agree, hole, I'd say Fatal Push. It would yeah, be fatal, fatal Push is a little like, bit more even fine, though fatal push is but it can't be Portable Hole, okay. that's for sure. That's fair, that's fair. Uh, but that's all I got for this one. Cool. No, I like this. This one I'm going to test out. I'm going to load this up on my computer, see what I can yeah, do with it. Uh, I, I, I'd uh, add one more Treacherous Blessing, cut two Demonic Packs, add a Shieldred, and then add two more Planes, because that's what I did when I actually like fired the League, is I added two more Planes, and then I okay. misclicked the Planes, and that's how I ended up with 79. <laughs> cool, cool. Okay, sounds good. Thank you guys for some great uh, tips and, and uh, advice today. I'm looking forward to you know fixing these up and bringing a little bit more and trying them out again. Yeah, well, if you guys think that we're good at um, comparing, you know, going through deck lists, why don't you guys tweet us your deck lists as brews from uh, the new set, and we can uh, give you our honest and hopefully helpful opinions. Go ahead and follow us at NPG Pioneer. You can find that, as well as a link to our Discord, where we talk about all kinds of things Pioneer-related. Um, you guys can find me on uh, Twitter as well at uh, Yo Japan Hobbyist. also very active on the Discord. I'm looking forward to seeing your list as well. And Ashiak, how about you? What up? It's your boy. Dreams of Ashiak on Twitter. Um, this is the part where I've like started to like try to do the shout out thing. 
And uh, mm. actually, the start of this trend was the fact that I just like shouted out someone in Doomwake's chat for saying that he liked the podcast. And I went into <laughs> Doomwake's stream today, and then he 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 said he messaged or sorry the, the the original dude that I shouted out like this was like two months ago or something mm-hmm. actually like was like thank you like and then like like wrote like a little thing oh. like thanking me, and I was <laughs> like oh feels good in the heart you know like uh like he 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 remembered me in the second that he (laughs) saw me because like this was two months like i solidly forgot about this and then uh you know shout out to that guy again he gets a double shout out yeah (laughs) a second shout out and if he you know if actually i could remember that person's name then we would also be shouting it out you can just say (laughs) mystery doomwake viewer i forget his name too Hmm. yeah that sounds good Okay, uh, well, thank you guys all for listening. That's the most important thing is shouting out to all of you, our listeners. We appreciate it. Um, we are the First Pioneers Podcast. We look forward to being your go-to source for Pioneer information online. This was our Wild Veldrain Brew episode, and we are wilding out. <laughs> <laughs>